0: Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers podcast. We release podcasts here, in part, and in full on the Joy of Sunflowers website. The Joy of Sunflowers podcast is about sisterhood through infertility and pregnancy loss. We cover a range of topics including fertility, pregnancy after loss, and so much more. I speak with a range of people including wellness professionals, medical experts, and beautiful mamas. The aim of this podcast is to bring you information and experiences that will validate and equip you for whatever season you find yourself in right now.
1: Hi, Shaney, Welcome to The Joy of Sunflowers. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, please tell everyone a little bit about yourself.
2: Yes. Um, so I actually live in the United States. I reside in Georgia. Um, My name is Shanae McCambry, and I am actually the COO of our own fintech company. Um, We focus on financial industry, business and personal credit funding and all of that. Um, We are really big advocates of, you know, financial literacy and being able to educate people about their finances, um, whether that's helping them with their business. Um, But one of the other big parts about what I do is I'm a very big women empowerment advocate and believer. um, And I am huge on, you know, giving back to be able to empower women um, through my traumatic experiences or whatever that I went through because I take them as learning lessons. Um, I do understand that sometimes we go through things that um, are not the nicest things. Um, They hurt. Um, we feel like we may be broken from them, but once we're able to overcome them, there's definitely a lesson in there. And that allows us to also be able to help other individuals that go through it. So in the midst of educating about finances, I also like to give back, um, and empower women. Um, in addition to that, I do have a blog. I haven't blogged on it in a while because we've been focusing on other projects. Um, but what I've learned is that I use my social media as the opportunity to do little mini blogs or give moments of inspiration, um, whether that's you know different ways to give back, uh, different ways to be able to train your mindset, re you know redo your mindset, and also one of the things that I like to do is I like to be genuine and let everyone know that sometimes on your journey to becoming the best version of yourselves, you're going to have setbacks because they're not going to always be perfect days. There's not going to be days where you're always happy and everything's going right. You're going to have days where you wake up and um, you're going to need people to be in your corner. So. That's something that I also like to do is be very transparent. And so that's a little bit about myself. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So before we sort of jump into your story um,
1: and and your story might be something to do with this, but what what's kind of um, encouraged this mindset of, you know, it's not all perfect and, you know, we can keep moving forward because, I mean, you know, you could get bogged down in, in things that happen and, and just kind of fall into a mini pit um yeah so yeah what what's inspired this mindset
2: um so to be honest it kind of came from a place where um I was kind of tired of being in a dark space and what I realized is that even though I continue I felt as if I was continuously having or taking hit after hit or having moments where i was just like why me um what I realized is that as I began to really focus on those, I was not able to really, I guess, embrace the good things that were happening in my life. Um, I got to a point in my life where I felt like, you know what, nothing's, nothing good is going to happen to me. And if something good does happen, like bad is definitely right around the corner. So I was terrified to really be excited about good things that were happening because I'm like, if I get so happy about this amazing thing that's happening, oh, it's just bad. It's definitely going to come. It's coming. And and so what I realized is that because I was already thinking negatively, um, when those moments did come, it was so much harder to overcome. And then if I can be honest, I began to surround myself around people that allowed me to be myself, but also were there to lift me up in my moments. And I realized that there were so much, not easy, because it's not easy to kind of come out of those spaces, but it was easier to be able to transition when they came. Um, So I would just say that I was tired. Um, It's heavy being in that space all the time. And sometimes you feel alone in those spaces. And I just had to get out of it because I had a lot of people that were counting on me. And I realized that when I did it for the people who were counting on me, I also realized that I was counting on myself. And then that also helped me to kind of transition from being in the dark, per se, because I felt like it was always dark. But I I, I had to because it it was a very heavy and just miserable place to be, honestly speaking. I
1: like that you said you realized you needed to be there for yourself. That is something that I think a lot of us don't really consider how much we just, we actually need ourselves as well. Like, I I mean, we're we're us, we're sitting there, you know, and we're looking in the mirror, but yeah, we just don't think about, Oh, I actually, I
2: need myself to be a certain way. And the the thing about that is um, it's easier for me, I don't I'm not sure, but for me, it's easier to be there for other people. Um, and then when it's like, all right, Sinead, what do you need? It's like, um, I don't know, you know, and because you think about so many others first, you know, but just having to take that time and and like make it a priority to say, OK, well, Sinead needs this or I need this that that is a little hard you have to kind of uh, if you if you're not used to doing it you kind of have to learn to do that but yeah it's super important super important
1: mm, it's a big part of being a mother as well because obviously like you know you put your kids first you put others first and i mean if you're if you're in the lost space and you've um been through infertility and you just it just hasn't happened then you know you have that motherly instinct of wanting to take care of someone and then know where to place it and of yep. the time the man's not like feeling the same way as you so you don't have them to do it for <laughs> if they i think that's part of the issue i think that's part of the reason yeah. why we get so annoyed at them it's like no I, I need something to take care of i could take care of you but you all don't take right. care of
2: <laughs> right. yeah
1: no we need it we need to be taken care of we don't take care of ourselves we just like we're like who needs taking care of i need to be a mom which one yeah right but yeah, okay, so let's dive into your story and sort of, yeah, how how you're here and why you're here. And starting from sort of, did you always know you wanted kids or was it something that kind of became a goal?
2: So when I was younger, you kind of have this idea of, you know, I'm going to go to school, then I'm going to go to college, and then I'm going to get married, and then I'm going to have kids. And it's kind of like the... I guess to set standard of what you have in your mind, what you want to do. I've always said I wanted to have at least I said I had at least one. You know, some people are like, oh, I got to have five. I was like, no, if I just have one, I'm okay." I wouldn't want just one. I would like for them to have a sibling. But if I just have one, I'm okay. I did have goals of like wanting to at least be established and have traveled um, and then decide at that point, you know, to have kids. So, yes, I've always wanted kids, but thinking back on it, and it's funny because I've ever never really been asked that question, but thinking back on it, I think it's something that I wanted, but I think the traveling and being able to get established is kind of where my focus went more so because I wanted to be able to have that life already set up for them so that way they wouldn't struggle. Um, I, I didn't necessarily have like the roughest childhood growing up, but I also didn't grow up with a lot of money. And so I understood the struggle. And so I wanted to make sure that when I did have children, I wouldn't have to struggle per se financially. So it kind of was like, yeah, I want kids, but I want to make sure I have everything kind of like solid before I have kids. So
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, some people really do resonate with that. I mean, that's why a lot of women, I think, are having babies sort of past thirty. Because, let's face it, that's kind of when we start getting stuff together, yeah. like when <laughs> we're in our twenties. Absolutely, right. People, you know, and life, and then yeah, and then reality hits you, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm turning thirty. Um, that, that's me. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm in that.
2: Wow, well,
1: I'm turning yeah. thirty. Okay. Time to <laughs> get things
2: in order, I think. So yeah. going into your your sort of lost story. Um, so I had took a break from college. Um, my mother got sick. And so some years passed. My husband's mother passed away from cancer. And one of the things that she asked is that he go to college and get a degree and that I were, you know, to finish mine. So I am in my last semester. Um, I went back to college. And The commute was crazy. Like I was commuting two hours each day, two hours up and two hours back. So I guess that's four hours total. And then one day I was just like, something's not right. I wasn't really feeling the best. And so I just randomly took a test. Like I didn't think it was going to say I was pregnant, but I was like, hey, let me just. Single that out, and it came up positive, and it was like pregnant. Um, so I I took the one that it actually says the word pregnant. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, "No, that can't be right." (laughs) So I took another one, and it was like fast pregnant. So I was like, "Wow!" So fast forward, we that was one of the things that I told my mother for Mother's Day. That was her gift. I let her know she was going to be a grandmother. So we were um super excited. And the crazy part about it, well, no, no, it wasn't for Mother's Day. Let me take that back. It was—I forgot what holiday, but it was just we just randomly decided to tell her. And so I was driving back and forth, and the uh, my mother was like, "I think you know this may be too much on you." And I'm like, "No, I got it. I'm just driving. I'm not lifting anything." And one night I was sleeping, like a normal night, nothing happened. Like I didn't lift anything. I didn't fall. Like it was just a normal day. I went to bed like normal preparing to get up for the next day. And I was sleeping and this sharpest pain just kind of woke me up out of my sleep. And I sat up in the bed and I told my husband, I was like, oh, you know, I have this pain. I was like, yes, I've never felt this before. Something's not right. But I, it kind of went away. And so I kind of sat there for a second and then it came back again. But this time it like made me double over and I was like, something's not right. Um, And I went to the restroom and there was a little bit of spotting. So I was, of course, you immediately freak out at that point because you see blood. Um, We go to the emergency room. It was the weirdest thing because while I was really scared, in my head, I have this thing where I I guess I would w- think about movies and how they show it's just like blood everywhere. And so in my head, I was telling myself, okay, it's not like the blood that you see in on on the movies where it's just blood everywhere. So I didn't I didn't think that it was a miscarriage. I just thought like maybe this is just part of the process. It's not much so we're sitting in the emergency room and I get up to go to the bathroom because it's like, they're taking forever. I'm like, you know, can I get a room? Can I get a doctor? Like something's not right. Cause I felt as if it was just like a normal day. Uh, And I'm telling them like, I'm pregnant. Like I'm trying to make them, you know, see how serious this is. And I felt as if they were just like, okay, well, we'll get a room. It, It just didn't seem like they had a sense of urgency. And, um, I go to the bathroom because I'm like, okay, I don't want to cry in front of my husband because, of course, he's like trying to stay calm for me. And I don't want him to now see that I'm starting to now go into the freak out zone like I'm freaking out. So I go to the bathroom to cry. um, And and looking back, I should have cried with him. Let him be there for me. And I'm in the bathroom. I'm crying. And all of a sudden I get the pain again to the point where like it makes me just like drop. And so I crawl to the toilet and I sit on the toilet and I'm just crying and I passed the baby at that moment, and so I heard it when it hit the water, and at that point I was just frozen because I knew what had happened, but I think I was in that that mindset of this can't be happening, like this is not what's happening, and and so I kind of sat there for a second and you know, you go into the whole thing where you're like, you know, praying like, please, Lord, don't let this be what I think it is. So I lean up and I look down and I see it in the sack in the blood and everything in the water. And I just screamed. (laughs) So that's the best way I could. So they rush in into the bathroom, they take it out. Of course, at this point, they take me you know, to a, a room and you know, it's, it's gone. And so it's not like, you know, and at that point it was just like, I think this is, I know that this is the, something that the medical field deals with on a daily basis, like just traumatic things happening. But I felt that the, there was there wasn't any consoling that was happening. It was just like, okay, ma'am, you know, yeah, you had a miscarriage. Um at this point, we're going to make sure that everything's, you know, out of you and it was just like so matter of fact. They were in, they were out. They checked me and sent me home. That was it. No, here's grief support. Um do you have any questions about this? Um it was just like I when I've told my story before, I said the way they treated me was like I had a cut on my arm. They bandaged me up. Here's your medicine. Here's your discharge papers. You're free to go home. That's I, that's how I felt. So that's um yeah, and I of course had to let my uh because I was going to school to be a teacher and so I had to let them know that I wasn't going to be coming into school teaching because I was going through it I had the best um, teacher that I was working with she was like take your time I know if you miss x amount of days they can kick out of the program but I'm not going to do I mean so she was very supportive it made me feel good and then she said well if you also need to come back sooner so that way your mind can be off of it I'm here you know and I did take a few days off and and I went straight. I think I took maybe three days off of school and went straight back in because I needed to get up and go, but I I didn't grieve. I went into a period where I blamed myself. I went into, what did I do wrong? Were there signs that I didn't notice? You know, so I was in that phase of beating myself up. Then I would probably say about, so I had the miscarriage on October 13th had no idea that october was specifically for infant loss. So and then the 15th is the specific day for it. Um and I did not know that until the next year um when I posted up that I had had the miscarriage and I'm you know I was like a year ago I lost my first child and then somebody let me know and I looked it up and I was like wow this is very common and um not that it immediately made me feel like it wasn't my fault because I think for me personally I think I I didn't fully I didn't begin the grieving process until maybe let's say I had the miscarriage in October and then I ended up finding out I was pregnant um, right before Mother's Day the following year with my 13 year old now um and I think that October I had the miscarriage I didn't like I mean I cried and everything but I didn't start my grieving process until like maybe about January of the next year and out of nowhere it was just I just could not control it I cried I sobbed I couldn't get out of the bed so it was like I was reliving that moment all over again and I think at that point is when I kind of started to face the fact that It happened. And, you know, I think what made me okay was that it happened and I have the right to grieve when and how I want to. I have the right to understand that I'm going to have those moments. I still have moments to this day. And that was in 2008. And it's okay to have those moments because that was my baby. That is my baby. You know, and. What started that process was someone that I know ended up having a miscarriage and she came to me and she was like, I need your help. And I was like, well, I haven't really faced it myself. And so, yeah, that kind of forced me to kind of go through it, but it was very, very hard because I think for a few years I beat myself up very, very bad. Cause I was like, it's my fault. Like I, I had to have done something wrong, you know? So that's my story.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, one of those things where you're just like oh, I worked too hard, I got up too early, I traveled too much, I and it I wasn't it eating kind of, right. <laughs> yeah, oh, it just kind of pummels you. And I had the same thing, like I I was just like, Oh, I you know, I worked too much, I, I didn't get enough sleep, I was so stressed out and all these things compounded and, and that's why. And my husband was just like, Well, do you know that? And I was like, Yeah. And yeah. he's like, Well, there you go. It's like, you don't know yeah. and you won't know. And you have to live with that. Like you have to deal with that, that you won't know. And you're not going to know. He's like, so don't act like you know, and don't say, you know, because you don't. Because he was getting really yeah. frustrated with me. Because I kept saying, it's definitely this. And he's like,
2: no, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the funny thing about that is that I think because as women, we want to be fixers. And so we're like, okay, if it let's say if it was because I was stressing so much about school, then that means that I can fix how I stress or if it's something I wasn't eating right. I can change how I eat or I'm working too much. then I. I and so I think as women, we try to fix things. And so we're immensely trying to figure out what is it. And um, what happened when I when I found out I was pregnant and, and I wasn't even trying, honestly, because I, I didn't even I didn't think that I could. I was in that space because when I found out I was pregnant again, then I went into, okay, be super careful. Like anything that I felt was like, do I go to the doctor? Because now you're paranoid about, okay, I'm pregnant again. What's going to happen? And so when I went to the doctor and she was telling me different things, and she was saying that one of the things that she noticed was that my lining was thin and she had a feeling that it was due to me being on birth control for so long. And then I was like, okay, so it is my fault. I stayed on birth control too long. So I was like, okay, yeah, I stayed on birth control too long. And and my, my lining was so thin that it couldn't hold the baby. And so I was like, yep, I knew that's what it was. And then my husband did exactly what your husband did and was like, but do you know that? Because there are women who have thin linings and they're put on bed rest and they have babies all the time. So that could be it. But that also could not be it. So, you know, even after getting pregnant again, I was still trying to find reasons of why it was my fault that I lost my first baby and what I need to make sure I don't do in this pregnancy. And the doctor was like, all pregnancies are different. Like, you may be able to hold this baby and you may have her prematurely or you may carry her, you know, beyond your due date. So she was saying, now you're going to stress yourself out. And I was like, okay, can't stress myself out because I don't want to lose this one so I think we go through that thing where we're like well we gotta figure out what everything is so that we can fix it so I think that's I think that that's why we do that to ourselves I
0: really hope you enjoyed the first part of this podcast if you'd like to listen to the rest please visit thejoyofsunflowers.com Please note that all speakers, including experts and professionals, express information, views and opinions that should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical conditions. If you have a medical issue, please consult a qualified professional. Speakers voice their own views, opinions and conclusions and they may not reflect the views, opinions, and conclusions of other speakers. Ella Rose, The Joy of Sunflowers and its sponsors may not endorse all or any of the views, opinions, or conclusions expressed.